Our next guest is no stranger to Curtain Radio and is a WA media legend. He's just returned from another holiday to his favourite holiday destination, which is Africa. Peter joins me to discuss his most recent African adventure. Hello, Peter. Warm welcome to you. And this is not your first time to Africa, is it? Uh, no. Um, Seventh? I don't know. 10, 10, 12, 15. My goodness. Somewhere out about there. So where did this uh, love for Africa come about? Was it by accident initially and then it sort of flowed on from there? Uh, Initially it was. I was looking for somewhere to go back in the days when we used to take tours. And I was looking for somewhere to go and I stumbled across uh, an advertisement for Rovers Rail, which is uh, a transport company that operates in Africa and they run luxury trains all over Africa or South Africa pretty much basically and I thought um, I'll get in touch cheeky as I was with uh, Rovis Rail the owner uh, Rowan Voss Uh, I sent him an email he emailed me back and we put together a tour uh, which was just astonishing and he said to me uh, when I first met him in Cape Town, he said, uh, I was going to see him again three days later. And he said, Peter, in three days' time, you'll be Africanized. Uh, <laughs> and what does he actually mean by Africanized? That means there's only one place in the world you want to go. But the other thing, too, Peter, about Africa is it's in a massive continent. It is. And, yeah, and, it is. and each country has got their own sort of nuances, I'm yeah, sure. They do. They do I yeah. mean, not just for you know, historically tribal reasons, mm. but it's obviously fairly different. Everything, everything, every country. Country is different in every sense, literally. Okay. Um, luckily, or yeah, I suppose in some ways, um, we've actually been to every country in Africa that has animals. So sooner or later, we've gone from here to there to wherever. Um, some of them, Namibia, is I think the best kept travel secret in the world. And why uh, is that, Peter? It doesn't get a lot of international publicity. No, it's true. Um, it's one of the few places in the world where the ocean meets the desert. In other words, the desert, the Nefu Desert, runs down and ends up on the coast. Uh, the water is so rich off the coast of Namibia that you can grow an oyster there in nine months. Wow. And there are no sharks. There was too much, so much plankton in the water. Um, there are no sharks. You can swim there... Uh, Safely. Go out there. And Unlike here in Western Australia. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, basically. Um, and uh, the biggest single thing, the two most striking things about Africa, uh, for people who've never been there but who do go there, uh, I'm sure will understand. One is the silence. Once you get out into to a camp, you, there's no sound. So there's you, no traffic noise. There's no nothing. There, there's nothing there's no, at all. There's no There's no nothing. And there's um, no neighbours, obviously, no, close no, at hand. No, no, I mean, uh, one of the camps we stayed in, in fact, was in Namibia, uh, called the Desert Rhino Camp. Uh, we flew in there. That's There's no, no roads, no nothing for 300 miles. It's... Oh. Stuck right out in the middle. So you of access the through jeeps, you, you, through you heavy vehicle. In. Yeah, you fly in. Yeah, um, and there's the airport, and there's the track from the airport to the lodge, uh, and nothing else. And that's it. Incredible. Um, and they uh, look after rhinos, and they all. One of the one of the animals that I, I was desperate to see, having seen just about everything. Yeah, uh, I wanted to see the desert lions because they're a, a rare, absolute rarity. Okay. Uh, 
So we arrived there on this particular day and I was talking to the lead guide and he said, anything particularly you want to see? And I said, yeah. I said, I want to see the desert. Oh, he said, <clears throat> you won't see the desert lions. He said, we haven't seen them here for two years. So I said, okay. So we went on the first game drive, which is an, the afternoon game drive, which I think left at four o'clock. So we drove out. We'd probably gone about a mile and we went over a hill and on the other side of the hill there was a clump of bushes and some rocks and sitting under the bushes were three desert lions. Incredible. And uh, they'd never, they hadn't seen them for 18 months, so I mean, you could is, be lucky. Is that because they're searching for food in other areas? Is that the, is that the uh, reason they're, behind that? Lions are territorial. Sure. They won't move from one place to another. Well, I didn't know another. that. I actually thought they would yeah. have roamed a bit more if it, if it was after food uh, they, sources. They do in, in other parts of Africa, but okay. in Namibia they're strictly territorial. Um, so we managed to see them. Um, the other thing is for people who've never been there and go... You can go, for example, to France and the Eiffel Tower's there, so you know you've got to see the Eiffel Tower. Of course Tower. you do, yeah. Or you go to Rome and you it's can see the It's in a fixed state, isn't it? That's yeah. right. You get to Africa and the animals that you want to see aren't there. You go on a game Yeah, they're not running to a timesheet, are they? No, they're, they're not no. running to a schedule. No. They're so not really what schedule. you see is pure opportunism. It is. It is. And, and, and luck. Now, mm. on that point, you keep mentioning the emphasis on the animals, so I'm curious, is that the re- real reason behind your, your love of Africa, apart from the silence and, and just getting away from technology? Don't go and, to any cities. Don't, yeah, no. avoid the cities. No, no. literally. But, but the animals, obviously, you've got a great affinity with. I mean, you showed me this. Oh, I should yes. mention to the listeners, uh, Peter loaned me one of his uh, pictorial books of his trips to Africa, and the photographs are absolutely extraordinary. And it's not like he's using a telephoto lens, no, uh, no. you know, kilometres away or metres away from mm. the animals. Mm. You are in close vicinity with some of the, what's reputedly, man-eating animals, lions, um, you know, uh, uh, animals that would be, you know, quite a concern like rhinos as you mentioned earlier and you've got no fear whatsoever about them because of the way your uh, your guides have actually uh, led you to understand what their habits are yeah no none what i've been as close to uh, a dominant male lion uh, a lioness uh, a cheetah what's more dangerous the lioness um if you get between the lioness and the cubs sure absolutely and leopards and cheetahs, are they similar in, in their nature or are they just, they're quite... Only, only, only if they have cubs and you get between them. Sure. Um, but other than that, um, they don't have a shortage of food at yeah, all. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. mean, there's, there's so much food there for them. And they're used to the four-wheel drive because from the time, literally, most of them have been born... Uh, they've had the four-wheel drives have been there when they so as far as as far as they're concerned it's so, just part of the habitat yeah 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 and the other the other intriguing thing is they're frightened of anything with two legs really because I find that remarkable they're so used to four legs that they're literally frightened of of anything that stands upright yeah. Incredible. So tell me about the food and the accommodation. And more importantly, I'm interested in in the countries that you've visited. So how many countries have you visited within the continent itself? Uh, Zambia, um, Zimbabwe, Kenya, South Africa, Namibia. Probably left one out somewhere along the line. Yeah. Um, and, and literally, oh, Botswana. Botswana, um, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and they're all, they're all unique. Um, I mean, for people who are planning to go, and 
I get a number of people who send little texts and emails asking about going to Africa. There's a number of things that you need to do if you are thinking of going. One is have a budget yep. and work out how much you can afford to spend because how much you can afford to spend generally will dictate where you go. And what's the Australian dollar like to the African currency? Uh, it's about 11 to 1. Okay. But everything in everything in Africa is in American dollars. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So your budget, you convert Australian dollars to American dollars. I would think um, if I was planning for two of us to go to Africa, I would work on the assumption... It's going to cost you between eight hundred and a thousand dollars a day. Eight hundred to thousand American dollars a day. American dollars okay. a day. Um, now, for that, you would get um, full board yep. in in the tent. Or and the food is extraordinary. The food is five star. Absolutely, right? absolutely five star. Well, in its preparation and, and its and the quality of yeah, the produce and, and the quality. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Because um, food is an important aspect of your holiday, isn't it? Especially it is. when you want to experience other people's cultures. It is. And uh, most of the places have a wine list to die for. <laughs> um, but, any uh, Australian wines on that list, Peter? Uh, we generally don't find any. Yeah, okay. Um, we generally. Maybe a lot of European yeah. wine there, wouldn't there? Um, it's mainly South African wine because oh, of it's course, South African yes, wine they do too. Good. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, so you could spend. You could, if you had a budget, you could start out and say, "Okay, it's going to cost me a thousand dollars a day," or I could say, "I could give you two camps where you could absolutely have a wonderful holiday for that amount of money." And tell me about the camp itself, or the the, the, the tent that you're in. It's, it's, it's more than just a tent, isn't it? It's not uh, like a little, a, bit, little bit more little than more just <laughs> a tent. A little bit more than just a tent. Um, okay. Uh, so, well, every, every, every tent uh, that you stay in, you have a choice of single or double beds, whichever you want. Um, if it's cold, you have uh, hot water bottles. Uh, you have an indoor and an outdoor shower. Uh, you have uh, some of them have a little a lounge as well. Uh, you have a veranda where you can sit and look at the animals. Uh, that's a run-of-the-mill one. Okay. Um, I've stayed in some where we had uh, our own bath uh, <laughs> where you could actually... Uh, don't laugh. It's great. You could uh, you could actually sit in the bath and look at the animals. And you're a tall bloke. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And watch the animals. Yeah. Uh, well, that's something to pass the time. It's better than taking yes. a book in and or, yeah, or well, trust light me. the candles and trust, trust me, <laughs> trust me. You, you don't, you don't, you don't need a book. Okay. Um, uh, I, I'll tell you a funny. I'll tell you a quick funny story. Yeah, tell we me. We were in one particular camp, and we'd just come back from a game drive, and it was quite warm, and there were two lovely ladies with us. Anyway, uh, one of them decided that she was going to put the bikini on and uh, jump in the little pool that she had outside the tent. I have to say, this tent, this camp wasn't fenced. So a mother elephant and a baby elephant (laughs) decided they'd come and have a drink. (laughs) So this delightful lady sitting in the pool in a bikini and the elephants came in and drank it dry. Incredible. Uh, no, I she mean, must have got a shock. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I know that you're quite resilient, and you, and you don't, and you love the outdoors. How does your How does your wife Felicity? How does she deal with it? I mean, it's, it's comfortable for her as well. She's just she's a great, probably a greater lover of Africa than me. Incredible, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, but I mean, we've stayed we've stayed in in 
both ends. Like we've stayed in a camp, in a tent in a camp, um, where it's I think about six thousand dollars a night. Wow, um, they are unbelievable camps. Mo- those those camps basically with all the amenities inside. Or? Absolutely, yeah, okay. uh, literally, yeah, you'd have with to all be. You have to consider inside. that. Yeah, they're on. Um, if someone has an abs- an, an totally unlimited budget and they want to go to the best camps in Africa, then you go to the camps on the Zambezi River in Zambia. Uh, and they are stunning. To get to these camps, you fly into an airport, they take you down to the Zambezi River, and you get there by boat. So they have a little boat that takes you there. Well, that would be a fascinating part of your journey as well. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, would journey. Be. Um, and with crocodiles obviously infested in the water, is that yes, the case? crocs in the water, there's hippos in the water, um, in some of them. And the hippos are as dangerous as the crocodiles, I believe. Oh, the hippos, yeah. They're quite yeah, aggressive. Yeah, yeah. They're, and territorial. They're aggressive. But at the same camp, you can. we've had lunch out on a sandbar in the middle of the Zambezi River. Fantastic. It's all there. Yes, That's incredible. And you, your guides will obviously be a key factor of the success of your tours. Yeah, yeah. So they're obviously, their English is obviously fantastic. They're, yeah. We oh, have, they must be multilingual, I would I presume, as well. Uh, some of them are, not all, not all of them. Um, we had the wonderful guide in the Masai Mara, um, Andrew, who took wonderful, amazing care of us over the years. And we would go out uh, somewhere out on the plains, and we were there one year, uh, particularly at the time of the migration, and we went out and... At the river where the crossing takes place, there were probably 30, 40 SUVs. And we drove up and Andrew said, no, 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 no. He said, we're not going to stay here. He said, we'll go down here. So he pointed... Well, it was too direction. busy. It was too, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Too, too many people. It was yeah. like going to a football ground final. <laughs> and he pointed half a mile away, yeah. mile away, and he said, no, we'll go down there. So we went down there and we sat there. We were sitting there for 10 minutes, a quarter of an hour. All of a sudden, all the animals left where they were and came down where we are. His knowledge of where they would go was just incredible. And he was... How old uh, was he? Um, I guess he was between 65 and 70. Right. So he, he's got decades of experience he, in the land. He's been a guide for 40-plus years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and is it these places, because you're going, as, you know, obviously what we construe as the outback, you're going mm. in, into the jungle. Mm. So w- the population density in some of the countries that you, you visit, I mean, South Africa, I presume, would be quite crammed. When you get to Namibia and you mention the silence, mm. so mm. where are the people? Are they living in camps themselves? Are the, the, are the tribes still established in their different uh, some locations? Of them are. They, they are in Kenya. Yes, some of them are. And are these camps that they live in all these 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 townships? Are they quite established? Uh, yeah, yes, they are. Yes, okay, they are. yeah. Um, there's a town uh, called Hodsprit in South Africa. When we fly, we fly into Johannesburg and then fly from Johannesburg to Hodsprit, which is a beautiful little town, absolutely delightful town. Uh, the shops, the foods, the restaurants, everything. Um, and 45 minutes from that town is Sausage Tree Camp. Uh, an hour from there is Senalala Camp in a totally different direction. There, you hear absolutely nothing. Silence, nothing. Is ab- there's no, no and sound. And I'm presuming, like we do when What's we go up north, that the skies would just be oh, yeah, a wash of yeah, stars. Yeah. Is yeah, that the case? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But when the weather gets uh, has to be considered, so it gets quite hot, I presume. Is it like Perth? Because it, it's in this a fairly similar temperate zone, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, depends. It depends 
what animals you want to see depends, I think, dictates, well, certainly it does for me, yeah. is what time of the year you go. So if you want to go to the Masai Mara and see the animals, then you go August, September, uh, maybe the first week of October, that's fine. If you want to go to Botswana or you want to go and see the water in Botswana and the water in the other countries in southern Africa, you go in April, May. If you want to see Africa at its absolute greenest, you go in February, March. February, I was going to March ask you. Is, so February, the, March is hot. It's hot, but the yeah. rainfall factor, is uh, it, have you experienced that in your travels? Uh, we've experienced right. Yeah, we, we were in a, a camp in the Mara. Um, is it monsoon like with the rain or is no, it just no, no, it's, no, it's not no. it's nothing like what we expect here it, it's nothing really like what we get here not the not the wet season up north even no okay no, right. not that i've ever experienced okay we were in uh, a camp um in namara one year and we just got back to the, the camp because there was a storm coming we had we were in tent number five we were virtually on the river uh, the river rose 12 feet that night. Wow. When it rains, it rains. When it rains, it rains. Yeah, yeah, it sure. really rains. Uh, but you still see the animals. So now that you've been there over nearly a yep. dozen times, mm. is there anything left on the bucket list for Africa for you? Or is it just going to be one of those places that you'll just forever go back to visit because of the, your fascination with the, the people, the locations, and also the animals? It probably sounds strange to a lot of people. I would rather have a week in Africa than six weeks in Europe. Wow. Okay. That's incredible. Absol- absolutely. I'd rather have a... Um, is there anything left to see? Uh, no, probably not. The last burning desire we had was to see a leopard in a tree with the kill. Okay. And the trip we were just on, uh, Senalala, the camp where we stayed, uh, the first night... We went out on a game drive. We saw the leopard in the tree. Incredible. So, I mean, you can have a day where you, there's two game drives. There's one in the morning, usually at 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. or 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then 4 till 7 in the afternoon. You can go out on a game drive in the morning and not see anything. Yeah. You can go out on a game drive in the afternoon and see a hundred elephants. But seeing the book that you loaned me, yeah. you've, your experiences have been obviously luck, yeah. but also mm. because of the tour guys have been so you know, well-versed mm. in what, what, the, the, you know, what the scenarios are in the different areas to actually achieve it. Peter, you've inspired me greatly, no, right? So I'm definitely going to consider Africa on my next, uh, my next holiday. My wife, Felicity, like your wife, Felicity, I hope she's going to be as... Uh, as uh, keen to go as well because uh, I think she's uh, she loves the uh, creature comforts when you do go on holidays. But uh, there's plenty there's plenty of creature comforts. The the yeah. two the two things I think that if I can explain it quickly to the listeners, sure, are these one is no verbal description of how amazing it is will ever actually tell the story. That says it all. no photograph will ever do justice Mm. to what you see. Wonderful. Peter, it's been a joy having you in here. What a great pleasure for me as well. Have, Have a lovely long weekend.